right, Daniel? That for 70 minutes today was absolutely dreadful. And then Ten Hag had some kind of brain aneurysm and put Valt Weghorst at number 10 and it won United the game. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> I thought that, yeah, it, was, it wasn't good, was it? But I thought Martinez coming on made a massive oh. difference. Just yeah. the ability to... Just before we came on air, Ed was talking about Harry Maguire's defense, how Harry Maguire's passing stats, and said his ball progressions are off the off the charts. But I think what it doesn't measure is the speed at which that happens. That's right. And with That's Maguire, right. everything he does with the ball or with his brain happens slowly. Slow. Yeah. No, and, you're right. Martinez came on; he pinged a sixty-yard ball straight away, and you're like, okay. There you go. And yeah, it, it's, it's one of those, it is definitely a misleading stat. I mean, he looks like he's making more progression than Bruno Fernandes, who's normally the one doing all the creative work. But yeah, it's it's slow for Maguire. He, he won't play on Thursday, clearly. Varane will be back in alongside Shaw, I imagine, with Martinez out. And it's going to be a big miss, Martinez being out, because he really is key to United's build-up, which yeah, was not think... good today. Yeah, what did you make of the team? Well, I mean, I, I I was looking at Martinez being out and going, it's a bit odd because he's definitely suspended. Is he not fit? And I think you rightly pointed out on Twitter that he's he's just giving Shaw a run out there. And I, I'm I'm surprised he's progressed so long with Veghorst because I think we've seen now eight games. We see what he gives us. and It's not much, really. And as soon as yeah. Redford went through the middle, the Leeds couldn't cope with it. And we've got lots of nippy, fast, wide forwards. And we're playing this cart horse through the middle and it seems a bit odd. And then Sabitzer and Fred can't move the ball forward. I mean, I like Sabitzer as a kind of more defensive-minded player. I like that aspect of his game. But his ability to move the ball into dangerous areas is pretty much zero. So. Although, that's to start with Sabitzer, to give him his due, the pass out to Shaw that led to the first goal was excellent. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was. But yeah, he, he didn't play well today, Sabitzer, at all. I thought he played better in midweek. But... I'd like to give him a bit more time. It's not like, and I said this after Palace, the, the, the Palace game, where I literally, I watched Vegman droid for whatever an hour it was, and I thought, I cannot believe you are good enough to play in this team. Yeah. Um, he, however much better you're going to get than this, it just, I think that if you can't run fast in football as a footballer, you have got to be really special to be good. And yeah. Harry Maguire is another example of that. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're useless and that you won't sometimes have good games and you can't sometimes do good stuff. But if you if you're if you're not fast, then you have to be very, 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 very good doing all the other stuff. And yeah. Veghorst is not. And he's someone I thought we had signed as an option. I guess Martial being Martial has made this less the case that he's someone that we've had to rely on a little bit more. But the reason I asked you about the team today is actually a few things. I think the first thing to take this point that we're discussing at the moment uh-huh. is that I didn't think Veghorst would play today, as you said. Yeah, no, like, we've, all, we've all seen enough of that bullshit. Yeah, I thought also that Rashford is beginning to look like a centre forward. Is he? It. I mean, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, he wants to play off the left because he feels it gives him more room, and his. Numbers suggest that playing off the left is his most effective position. I mean, his expected goals is much higher there. But he scored a bunch of goals recently when he's moved into the centre. And, I mean, it just feels like it, it's the option. It's it's the least worst option now to play him through the centre and use one of our many 
other wide players. Garnacho, Sancho, Palestri, um, all options, Alanga if you really need to, all options wide. So it feels like we've got a lot of well, a lot of options there and you probably want to play more of those given that... I mean, it's not as if Big Horse... I mean, as you were saying, you have to be really good in the other stuff if you're that slow. And it's not as if Big Horse hold up play and ability to play other players in is actually that good either. He's all right with the ball at his feet, but he needs time to do it. And there was quite a few like kind of longer clearances today that went into him and it didn't work out. I mean, the irony being that the change that Ten Hag made was not to pull off big horse, but to put Bruno wide, big horse at 10 and Rashford through the centre. It made a lot more space because right? yeah. Rashford's then making the runs that big horse never will. I mean, that's one of the things with Veghorst is he seems to be quite infrequently in the kind of position you would expect a centre-forward to take up. And I know Ten Hag talked about this before the game where he was talking about, I think he called it box entries or something, which sounded slightly nefarious. But he was talking about getting him to the right positions. And I felt like, okay, but I also thought, surely you know that you have to mainly be between the width of the posts quite a lot of the time. But on Rashford, I think, it does feel counterintuitive to say, well, we've been waiting for you to get to here. We're now going to change your position when he's playing somewhere and it's going so well. Yeah, I agree. But on the other hand, yeah. if he's scoring tap-ins and headers, as he now is, it makes quite a lot of sense to have him in the middle because if you could turn him into a proper centre-forward, then you could spend the money on one of the centre-forwards that we're going to buy yep. and who might not be that good in that, if if we say like Seaman is the standout candidate and the amount of money we would have to pay for him we might not have yep then to go and spend however much it would be on the next person who might not even be better than Rashford would then make me think well maybe the thing to do actually would be to play Rashford there yeah. I don't know and I, I, I mean I get the sense that sorry I, I very rudely butted in but I get a sense it's that... a conversation that's what that's what happens <laughs> and that's what happens is, is it not yeah, we're we're subtweeting uh, some feedback we got here. The feedback <laughs> I got, in fairness. <laughs> Naughty boy, Daniel. Uh, I do like how going off on the tangent here. I do like how people like to give friendly advice on this here free content. But uh, yeah, anyway, as Aaron Sorkin once said, "Fuck the audience." I'm not saying that Aaron Sorkin said it. Me, yeah, me I, watching. I mean, yeah, he. It's an interesting one with Rashford, isn't it? Because the the attempts to sort of use him as a number nine before haven't really worked. He he seems to want the space, the ball in front of him more often than he gets it at nine and the ability to cut in off the left frees up space for the shot. But you're right, he's scoring headers, two headers in a week now and tap in. I bet and... you think that's pretty clever, don't you, boy? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was, a, that was a terrible interruption. Uh, yeah, high and dry, Radiohead. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, and he's scoring all sorts of goals. I mean, the goal that was marginally offside today, great finish. Not, not Veghorst's goal, the Rashford one. So it, it feels like right now, the better trade off is Rashford through the middle and Garnacho or Sancho wide, assuming Anthony's back next week, which sounds like he might be. I think the other so. thing about this is that it's not just about now with Garnacho, it's that. Garnacho is going to demand inclusion if he's not demanding it already. And you need to be ready for that. Yeah. And so you might think, well, if we get another centre forward, then Anthony, Rashford, Garnacho, and Sancho basically competing for four for two positions sounds maybe one too many. Right. Whereas if Rashford is your centre forward, I mean, I guess yeah. you've still got a problem if then he's injured. But it means that the other three are going to play more, are going to play plenty of games. And... 
Yeah. So it's... Well, we'll see uh, which private equity firm buys us out this That's spring right. and, mm-hmm. and how much money we've got in the summer. The thing also about Rashford, I, and I totally get why he likes being out wide, because when you have that kind of pace, the pace that Garnacho has as well, not yeah. that you're fast, but that you're faster than almost everyone, and it's very tellingly so. There's just so much space out wide. And we saw, we've seen Salah Mane spend a generation being quicker than everyone else. And yep. I think Rashford himself said it's not about where you start, it's more about where you finish. Yep. But you could, if your forward line was those three, Garnacho, Sancho, Rashford, or Garnacho, Anthony, Rashford, whoever it would be, there's quite a lot of room for manoeuvre there for yeah, yeah. positional swapping. But I, I didn't think I would find myself saying this, and maybe I'm being reactive, because Rashford scored a couple of tap-ins and a couple of headers recently. So it might might just be one of those things where he's just in such good form that just everything's going for him. And I'm talking out of my arse. But it's so I am surprised to find myself saying this, but I am beginning to wonder if maybe he could be a centre forward. I couldn't call it, but I mean he can clearly he can clearly do it. It's where he's where the numbers are most effective and as you say, where United want to spend the money. Maybe we should sign up that lad who's who scored four goals for Al Nasser in midweek. And the, celebrated uh, the in he and someone on Twitter called it said, it, said he's like the teacher off Kez. And <laughs> yeah. it, it is exactly that. And probably down to the bullying of the teammates. <laughs> the other thing about today's team, and this is something that maybe I, I don't know what the answer to this is, because to me, I mean I understood why he picked the team that he did, as as we said, that Varan doesn't want to play every game. And I think in some ways I felt like credit to Ten Hag on this one because some managers would have said, well, actually, the game today is the most important game because we're trying to finish in the top four. Yep. Whereas it felt more like Ten Hag was saying, I think we're going to finish in the top four. We've had a good weekend as well. Newcastle yeah. drawing, Tottenham getting beat. Such that you might have said, well, a win today and we'd really have to fuck it up not to finish top four. But what I felt like he was saying was, actually, I want to beat Barcelona. We're playing Barcelona. I want to beat them. In parentheses, also, I'd be terrified to go into that game with Lindelof and Maguire. And oh, my God, around yeah. For that one. Yeah, yeah. But it felt like, yeah, he, he's, he's going after the trophy. And that, I guess, is something I want to see because I do think yeah. that we're going to get more points than Tottenham and Newcastle. And I couldn't see it'd be very, it's very hard to foresee a circumstance where we get fewer points than both. Yes. But no, that's right. And, what, and so it, it, the interesting thing with Ten Hag is that there's a lot, lot of, quite a lot of complaining, probably fair amount of it from me about his rotation policy he didn't really rotate against Reading and Forest and those felt like games where you probably could and then he's he's made a few changes today and it felt like a risk I mean in the end I mean it was a risk but in the end we didn't really have enough so what formation did you think we were playing the reason why I asked that is on the telly it looked like there was sort of three at the back but I felt like three very strangely spaced players at the back. Yeah, as in yeah. Maguire was playing as one of two centre-backs, except there was only one of him. Yeah. And Shaw and Dallow were quite wide. And then Molassi was sort of playing in front of the back four almost next to Zabitzer. Yeah. But one of my friends who was at the game said, and he was at the game, watched behind the goal, so with a better view of this than I had, said it definitely wasn't a back three. So I know, what, what did you think? Yeah, no, I don't think it, it was... Nom- normally it wasn't a back three, but if you look at the actual average position of the players it looks like it I mean it definitely wasn't supposed to be I mean I, I just think like Malassia likes to come inside a lot I mean the average position of Vekos is deeper than Bruno Fernandes like so I, there, there's two things here you know the nominal formation and and actually how it works out so it's it was a little 
it felt a little unbalanced. I mean, my my biggest concern with that is is that central midfield. It's not United are struggling. I mean, especially with Maguire moving slowly, they struggle to move it from out of defence into midfield and from midfield into the forwards. Well, and... the problem is, is almost that we've signed a couple of the players who are so fucking good and so much better than the alternatives. Right. If they're not there, it's it really back shows. To, it's back to Ole's team, basically, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's that same problem. Of, we can always score a banging goal because we've got brilliant attackers, but yep. it's back to struggling to get the ball through the pitch yep. and hoping that we defend the box well, which as it happened, we did all right today at that. Did, did all right. I mean, Lisa well, we compensated for our own fuck-ups yeah. reasonably well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's certainly going to be interesting on Thursday. We'll get to a better preview. But and like, what what kind of balance of team he puts out on Thursday? Like, you just don't want to be under pressure for the whole game, which uh, which United could be. I don't so. think it will be that. Well, it will be it will be the first team, and it felt like because it felt like the reason why we saw so much of Malaysia in field this time was to stop cunts wandering through our midfield but I guess that felt like just like a quite a big gamble with yeah. no time no time to practice it but yes Lummox in the middle in particular and it sort of stopped it I think the other thing was Fred had one of the a good nightmare for the ages on Wednesday and was much much better today he was I mean I was looking at him after he got his yellow cards and he was de- you're right he's definitely better today I mean couldn't it's a low bar, right? Match from Alan Smith. Yeah, wasn't sure about that, but I mean, he did he did okay today. He's we we know what he is. He's kind of energetic and but he just doesn't move the ball around well enough for the kind of midfield you'd really want in there. So there was one particular moment on on Wednesday in the first half where he gets a ball from a short corner, and his pass back to Bruno is so simple yet so dreadful. He has <laughs> to do almost nothing. It's genuinely something that we could do under the pressure that he was under, which yep. was none. It, at Old Trafford, I, I feel totally confident I could have supplied a better return pass than he did. It was just so, so inept. And that's the thing with Fred is that, I mean, you see it a lot with players who whose top level is adequate for just about for where you want to be if they're the worst player in the team, but whose modal level and is not good enough and whose bottom level is X-rated. Yeah, really. Yeah, he's he's another one whose contract is up in a year and a bit, I think. And United will have to make a decision on that one. Much like they'll have to make a decision on Dave, who did a lot of Dave things today. Good save with his feet, flapping at balls, coming into he, the box. <laughs> he got one. He got one away. He came for one and he sort of backhanded it away, didn't he? But he... I thought that on balance, actually, today was quite a good day for him. That everything that we needed him to do, he did. There was one dreadful kick. But yep. other than that, when we needed him, he was there. Mostly, and yep. he, he'll always be a frustration for me because the things he's crap at are things you feel he should have been able to improve at. Right. And the things he's brilliant at, you can't teach. Yeah. And the best reflex is, I haven't seen every goalkeeper who's ever played the game, but... If there's someone with better reflexes than him, or even reflexes that are close to his, I've not seen them. Yeah, he equaled Peter Schmeichel's clean sheet record for for United today with a clean sheet for over 400 games. I mean, he's in the top 10 of most appearances for the club. I mean, clearly there's reasons why he's been at the club so long, partly to do with the fax machine not working at Old Trafford. And, right, but uh, he was going to, to Real his... Madrid. 
It yeah, wasn't yeah. like he if he, he wouldn't like he was he was going to yoga town. He was going somewhere worth he was going somewhere worth going. And you've got to feel quite sorry for him in some respects that instead he got post Fergie Wilderness years TM at United instead yep. of winning seventeen European Cups at Madrid. That's but, right. Yeah, like the frustration with him is just the lack of improvement. It was like when I mean it's silly com- comparison in a way, but when Joe Hart knew that Guardiola was coming. He, why didn't he spend literally every minute of that summer working Play on with his passing? Feet. He wouldn't have been good yeah. enough for Guardiola, but it yeah. might have bought him a year. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with like with De Gea. Why aren't you getting good at coming for balls? Rio Ferdinand talks about when he moved from he's playing number ten when he was a kid. When he moved to centre back, he'd be out on the training pitch at West Ham and then at Leeds, having people just put balls into the box right. after training. And he'd be competing, get have get some big lads out there, and he'd be competing to head them away. Yeah. And I don't get why De Gea hasn't got better at those things. And it's just, yeah, it's I know it's, frust- it's frustrating because I feel like he's got the natural ability to have been one of the greats, and instead he's it, it will be always like, yeah, he he was quite good. Some he was amazing some of the time, and I even I'm prepared to be understanding about when he was shit because. We're all humans, and if you're you miss out that move to Madrid, you're then the only elite level player in a team that is appalling. Uh-huh. You have no pressure for your place. Yes, there's no yeah. pressure to compete because you're not competing for shit. Yeah. He lost focus. It is understandable that you lose some level of intensity. Then, yeah, he definitely did for a couple of years, and the, the errors crept in as a result. And it it does seem like the, the the really ridiculous errors like tick up when he's feeling confident about his position and role and loses some focus as a result but you're right on the you you see it in the warm up actually where he does even in the warm up he catches a couple of easy balls and then works mostly on those reflex double saves which is brilliant that the best ever that i've seen in my lifetime but the the all round package isn't quite there and united are going to have to make a big decision so he's on a mega contract sounds like they're not offering him anywhere near that kind of money which which is right because it should reflect his status in the team and importance if he's going to get a new contract but if united if he doesn't sign it or united don't offer it to him then it's then there's a big decision to make this summer on where the club spend money and i guess that's that's all down to the takeover and the headroom in the financial fair play, which there actually is. There's a fair. It's a bit of that. And it's probably also who's available. Yeah. So you might think so, because on the one hand, I would probably on the side of caution when it came to replacing De Gea in that it wouldn't be my priority, even though when you watch, say, the last 20 minutes against Arsenal and you think one of the reasons we conceded that goal at the end is because we invited so much pressure because he won't defend the box. So we had to defend right. so deep. It became about last ditch defending rather than rather than trying to defend rather than trying to defend def- defend the space defend the space in behind by stepping up really. So there's a bit of that, but also it just if they think that the lad at Porto, Dio, is it Diogo Costa? Is that his name? Yeah. If it, I haven't seen, I mean, as we discussed this before, we didn't do very good in the World Cup. But obviously, if people who are better judges than us, you've seen much more of him than we have decide that he is going to be the best keeper in the world and he happens to be available this summer, then that changes the decision that you might have to make about to say yeah. If that isn't the case, then I would probably strengthen, I'd definitely strengthen, in fact, midfield yeah. up front before Well, uh, the, the players ahead of him in the Spain squad, and it looks like he's been retired as a as a Spain player, David Reyes, Kepa, who, yeah, 
very meh he is david ray is like a very modern keeper he's solid all round, isn't he and but just very good with his feet uh, he's that extra defender and, and you imagine that that's how ten Hag would rather his team play i mean if you want to be a ball dominant team you have to play a higher line united's Defensive Leiden was nearly 15 yards deeper than Leeds today. Part of yeah. that's Maguire and part of that's Dave just not comfortable clearing up the space behind. Yeah, because I don't even think this is about ability with feet. A coach told a friend of mine once that, and this was a couple of years ago, so it might have changed now. Different, The only keeper whose feet really, like whose passing really makes a difference is Edison. Yeah. Because what he can do is just so outrageous. But the thing about the stand, I think, is not whether he wants the ball to his feet or not, as much as his refusal to come come off his line and be responsible for the penalty box and sometimes the ten yards in front of that when you're on the attack. And it's and, and it's that that means that there's two the team there's two the spaces between the lines are too big because the goalkeeper won't squeeze up. And it's the refusal to squeeze up and the refusal to come for crosses, I think, that are more problematic than his ability necessarily to pass out. And hit drill long balls. Yeah, I, no, I think that's fair. He's he is not the quote unquote sweeper keeper, is he? He's not, he doesn't he doesn't want to play in that position. His his passing when he's got the ball at his feet is erratic, but okay. So, and improving in fairness. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the impression that Ten Hag really has a clear idea about what he wants from this team, and it's a it's a work in progress. But clearly, it's progress. Fourteen wins out of the last seventeen. I mean, if you looked at just recent form it was one win in four premier league games before today but the longer pattern is a lot of victories and even those even even the ones we hadn't won we didn't win i was bothered against leeds i was bothered with how they started both halves to concede a goal right at the beginning of the second half after you've done it in the first half pretty pretty bad behavior and then they started both halves today badly as well although also you have to give some credit to leeds I actually looked at Leeds' team before the game on Wednesday night and messaged a friend saying that front six is actually pretty good. And So you have to give some credit to Leeds, but the Leeds game annoyed me also because when we equalised with 20 to go, I felt like we didn't really look like we were going to get a winner. Whereas when, we, press, when the goal actually down, went yeah. in, yeah. I sort of assumed, not assumed, but I felt there was a pretty good chance we would win that game. But if you yeah. look at the other games... Palace, Palace, we scored, we conceded a last kick belter and even then missed an open net to win it uh-huh. subsequently. And Arsenal were the best team in the league at the time. Yeah. Played really well in that game. Yeah. And we conceded again. Last time the, they played really well. Yeah, more, actually, or less, yeah. more or less the last kick of the game. So even if you look at the, the, the one win in four, if you look at the actual games, you can see that we're still a pretty good team that are playing pretty well. And actually... Pretty good team, yeah. Uh, up to second as we speak. I mean, obviously, City are playing Villa while we're They're recording. winning as well. They're um, winning 1 0. Yeah. And does City play Arsenal in midweek or is it? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, they do. It's weird. It's actually because Europe in midweek as well. There's yeah. the Champions League games, United Barcelona and City Arsenal. Right. Big, big, massive game, obviously. I mean, City Arsenal play twice before the end of the season. That could really turn things around. I mean, like, um, I guess on the face of it, United are in a title race. I don't think we think. United will be consistent enough. Are they saying, saying that? It's like a 75% win rate under Ten Hag. We Especially are picking up a lot if, of points. If you bear in mind that we lost the first two while he was yeah. getting his bearings. And yeah, if yeah. you, if, if, if that hadn't, I mean, I don't, it could sound very much like if my auntie had bollocks, but it's not about that I think United are good enough to win the league this season. But 
once he realised what he needed to do, United have been champ- United been championship winning form. Have been yeah. on the same ch- and I mean City actually they started today with a little bit more intensity, but they are still playing. They have played this season like they hate the manager, and, and the I manager was, hates them. <laughs> well, I've been kind of, I've been kind of wondering about this because I, with Guardiola, obviously, you know that if you play for him, he will make you better and you will win. But he's never stayed long enough anywhere for the players to get pissed off with him enough so that they hate him and the performances stop, apart from now. And it doesn't look like playing for him is a great deal of fun, apart from the fact that you're winning. It doesn't look like having him being your boss is something that you would want, apart from the fact that he's really good at at the performance aspects of being a boss. But it doesn't... And I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but... I am definitely suspicious that that might be the case. That they just yeah they don't they're not I mean, enjoying they're not he's enjoying very it. very intense. I mean his performances in front of the media this week have been interesting. I'd say. I mean he's and I, I did wonder he was so over the top with his sort of defence and sort of defending the indefensible. He's an intelligent man, right? He yeah I don't think he actually believes that there's a conspiracy to fuck over Manchester City with zero evidence, right? He but it's an attempt. Because he after the Spurs game, he laid into the players, didn't he? And it was really brutally honest in front of the media, which typically managers don't want to do. And then I wonder if he's trying to like circle the wagons and use this as a way of building some us, us against them because he's just not getting the performances he needs out of his players. They're very inconsistent. He, so. I mean, that whole speech he gave, yeah, I mean, he makes Eddie Howe look like a man of integrity. Yeah, and right. And because also we know Eddie Howe, we don't know so much about with Guardiola. We know that he has a political sensibility Uh and he believes in certain just causes. Yep. But the only thing, the only way I can fathom it really is that he sees football. And when I say football, I mean his brand of as a moral standard of its own. Yes. And anything is justifiable serve that moral standard of what he considers to be beautiful aesthetic winning football and i mean we i mean i i understand it because i mean we're all obsessed with football we've all dedicated obscene amounts of our lives and portions of our exchequer yep. and emotional <laughs> energy yeah to exact to exactly it yep but he is unable to distinguish between football morality and actual morality. And absolutely. And yeah. I think in order to do the job that he does, I don't I find it hard to believe he's sitting there thinking, Can't believe I had to say that. It feel he seems more to me like someone who's convinced himself that something is the case, because how are you meant to go on otherwise? Yeah, well when when there were previous questions about this, I mean he he did two things, right? He said he'd walk if he found out the the owners were lying to him, he hasn't done that. The Premier League, in their their charging document, have said the owners lied at least 115 <laughs> times. Um, so you know, it's a little bit of evidence. Oh, man. Uh, and 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 then he got really really shirty with one of the the journalists asking him a question. I can't remember who it is now. When reminded of that. And he was like, how dare you ask me this question? And then in midweek, he gave away the game by saying, talking about Abu Dhabi as owners. Of course, like the line from City for the last 15 years has been that it's privately owned. 
that it's nothing to do with the Abu Dhabi government. And uh, he just gave the game away there, didn't he? I mean, it's, it's very interesting. He does not seem to be taking this very well. No, because he's had it all his own way throughout an entire career. Yeah. And not I'm not saying that that is not something even that he earned, but it has, like, when has he, we can talk about him being the, one of the greatest managers of all time because he indisputably is, he's changed the game, all the rest of it. But he's never once been in a league in which he has not had the best players. Right. Never. I mean, he, he lucked out, and but to be fair, used them on the, in the right way. Lucked out on Messi, Iniesta, Javi, Busquets, David Villa. I mean, he, he and I suppose you could say the same about Fergie in the class of 92, but uh, he got very lucky there. I mean, Messi's a, a cheat code. No, Fergie in the class of 92 is a little bit different. I'll tell you why, because Fergie implemented the system that's that, right. enabled, that enabled that whole thing to happen rather that's than fair. turn up. Yeah. Guardiola turned up at opportune moment, but yeah. his ability to coach the best players, I mean, he. We, it's always hard to know. I don't like to comment too much about coaching because I see people doing it a lot and think, how the fuck would you know? But you're not, what, what do you know about coaching and how many training sessions have you seen yeah, and how yeah, many yeah. of his have you seen? But we can probably I'm assume that he is the know. greatest coach of elite level players possibly that there's ever been. And yeah, probably definitely since maybe Rinus Mikels, who knows? But he is, he is amazing at that. It was him that moved Messi to centre forward, which seemed yeah. strange at the time. It was him that had the, that midfield three that put them together and let them play. So yeah, he is he is brilliant, but he's not he's not faultless. And for sure, he is as I said, he does make Eddie Howe look like a man of integrity. These people, his bosses, they cheat at human rights, and we're yep. expected to believe they don't cheat at association football. Okay. <laughs> well, right, they very much do, and and according to the Premier League's document uh, which fun, funnily enough the Premier League had to uh, amend a couple of the charges because they got dates wrong this week which of course would be used by all the conspiracy theorists out there I mean, I mean and re- part, part of the approach here is to weaponize the fan base and Titi have done that magnificently magnificently oh my know, gosh and- today I read a guy who's some kind of doctor at the Christian oh yeah I saw that one <laughs> talking about basically making city sound like these plucky outsiders and it's like hang on you're like saving people's lives out there yeah clearly have passed a lot of exams in order to be able to do that and not only that but like you're you must have a very steady hand and thinking process and yet tangentially also that the other thing that i was thinking about this week is you've got real madrid and juventus bleating basically about the premier league's dominance and you're thinking hang on lads Juve, yep. you fi- dopes players and fixed matches. Yep. Madrid, you were owned by Franco. Yeah. <laughs> you sold your training ground to lo- to the local authority for a huge money, amount of money. Yeah. And you won't share TV revenue. Yep. Maybe if you had, then the dominance the of the Premier be League yeah. wouldn't yeah. be quite as intense as it is because one of the reasons, obviously, like colonialism in English language, also significant there. And I'm not trying to downplay that. The fact that it's in English and England. England just travelled around the world because of appalling foreign policy and racism, in fact, and all the rest I, of it. Previously. I agree. Take that it's, as noted. I mean, I do get pushback from a lot of people about that, but we agree that is yeah, noted. That is, and that is extremely significant. Yep. The reason why English football is dominating the world is also one of the other reasons is because it's the best one to watch. Yeah. And one of the reasons it's, it's the best one to watch is because generally. yeah, it's because yeah. it's more. It, it doesn't even have to be competitive because 
English football was dominated by Liverpool, then it was dominated by United. It's more that there were periods during that dominance where other teams could turn up and either win the league or look like, look like they might be going to win the league. Yeah. And in Spain, they had that one period around the time of like the turn of the century where Valencia won one and Deportivo won one. Yeah. But other and than that... Atletico won one a couple of years ago. Yeah, but other uh, than that, that's it. Yeah. Serie there was those years when Juventus were relegated when other teams were able to do it. But otherwise, Juventus was doing seven in a row. And uh, it might even be more than that. Yep. And yeah. I agree with people who say that it is unhealthy that Bournemouth are able to outbid AC Milan for a player. It's not right. But I'm, what I am saying is that the league in which AC Milan play are culpable in that being the case. Yeah. Well, look, Italian football hasn't moved on. There is some, some, you know, there's some good about the product there. There are interesting games, but they, they, they haven't packaged up the rights in the right way to sell it around the world. They, of course, no, again, noted the, the Premier League's package is sent around the world and the British Foreign Office do a very interesting job of like using that as a soft power exercise. It doesn't, hasn't happened with Italian Serie A. La Liga of La Liga actually is incredibly popular in the US, as you can imagine. A lot of minutes watching it there, but it's really their only big market. And and as you said, the the money, although is split a little more fairly than it used to be, it's still not fair. I think one of the other so, things that makes the Prem so popular is also the size of England, because the, you could because away fans can travel. Yep. It creates an atmosphere and a ferocity about the games that. For you sure. don't always get any. You don't always get in other countries, and, that, and again, you definitely just... don't get it in Spain. There's, I mean, really no culture of away fans traveling at all. Even for games like Real Madrid and Barcelona, if you go to Camp Nou for, I've been to several Real Madrid Barcelona games at Camp Nou and uh, Bernabeu, and there'll be like 500 away fans, and you can't hear them, and they're stuck on the top tier, uh, and they can barely see a thing because it's miles away from the pitch, and it it, it does not create an atmosphere. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Anyway, I mean, we started talking about ownership stuff. I guess we can touch on some. I mean, Wayne and I talked about Qatar and that bid. There's more noises coming out because I think the soft deadline for the rain group getting all the bids in is the coming week. So there's been people leaking stuff out. As far as I understand, reading between the lines and trying to talk to some people in the pro equity industry, it looks like there's the Qatar, not the government one, but the "Quote unquote private one, yes, you're right, lads. Because of course, it's you're allowed to have money in that country without yeah, yeah. the government say so. I mean, in an absolute autocracy, spending what would be equivalent to about five percent of GDP on a foreign asset won't touch government at all. No, absolutely no chance, lads. Anyway, and can I be really clear? I want to say this because I keep getting this accusation. I don't think it's right or fair or true. I'm quite happy for the next United manager to be Muslim, Jewish, Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, or an atheist or any other religion I've missed out, as long as they're a good owner and they don't murder people. I mean, I, th- I think it's not a huge bar there. But anyway, the other one is Ratcliffe and the Ineos group. There was a lot of stuff came out this week about them potentially taking a bond out. I wouldn't freak out about that. There's a lot of freak out about that. I really wouldn't. Long-term bond is cheaper than not having the cash. It won't be. I, I can tell you right now, there's not a chance that after the takeover, United have got hundreds of millions of pounds worth of debt. It's, I mean, Ratcliffe, it's really complicated way of groups of companies within Ineos. It's, there's a group, holding group, about 100 subsidiaries, and he owns different parts of all of them. Let's just say the smallest ownership is about 30% of a company that does $50 billion a year in revenue 
he's good for the money and they can leverage <laughs> against they can leverage against that and it's much better to leverage against in your stock and assets than it is against United stock and assets for the club and for the, the borrower. So anyway, anyone just freaking out about that, don't. I hopefully I'll have Andy Green on in a couple of weeks and we'll go into more depth on the financials. And uh, I think there's two or three private equity groups from the US involved in the bidding process. They've been less vocal. I went to a game with Andy Green. Actually, we had a few, wasn't it? We went to a few drinks, had a few drinks yeah. before the, uh, the Chelsea game in the Champions League at Stamford Bridge. And this is one of these incredible serendipitous moments where I was wearing, what's that wear? I was wearing trainers. I'm Air Jordan 3s. And the sole came away from the, the chassis of the shoe. And so like, I'm like flapping like a tramp, basically. <laughs> and like, I've had a what, drink had been taken. I've got to go to this game. And my sh- what am I going to do? And a lady on the next table said, oh, I've got some super glue in my handbag. And I was like, nice. What? That was, <laughs> yeah. you do. that was a great moment. And then a few minutes after that, we heard what the teams were. And I can't remember who was injured for Chelsea. And this voice on the next table goes, oh, no problem. With John and Brano, no problemo. And it's just like one of those things that's since become just something that the guys, the guys I go to the game with, we just have repeated that now for yes. however many years ago that was. Yeah. But. In terms of the ownership, I guess it feels like Radcliffe is the least worst option. And I don't yeah. know if I'm saying that just because we know that he's a United. But I guess even if that is all it is, that feels like a good qualification because then at least there's some emotional connection and it's not yeah. just it's not just about money. Yeah, although he is... I mean, it, it, there's interesting stuff. There was what, what felt like something coming out of the EOS group's potential bid, which is a question mark over the price. I mean, I think there's a lot of this... A lot of the stuff that's happening, the stories that are leaking are about negotiation around the price. I mean, the Glazers have asked for a, a huge premium on what is the the current stock market price, which is already reflecting a, like a 30% uplift in the price because there's a bidding process. So there's some negotiation there. But he did previously say you you either go all in or you don't. So I would imagine. And like they're good for the money. Like assuming him and his co-owners, I mean, he's the biggest shareholder. The rest of them are like pension funds and BlackRock and so on. So he, he's got the biggest say. He's good for the money. Basically, it's better for him not to do it in cash and to take some leverage on. And so I, I think the question with him is his political views, take him or leave him. Not mine, but fine. And so his business practices and the fact that it's a petrochemical company that's destroying the planet. It's like <laughs> <laughs> there's some kind of dissonance the best here. God, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Welcome to end stage capitalism, folks. So yeah. the, the rest of them, private equity, I, I wouldn't like... There will be a profit motive with that, but it, the model will not be to strip the assets and, and sweat them for every penny. No, there's uh, no money but, to be made in that now. No, the, the margins are too thin. So if you're a private equity firm and the competition too fierce, you don't get into it to make dividends, right? You get in like the Glazers did. The Glazers leveraged because they had no choice because they weren't that rich and they didn't have any decent assets to leverage against. And they couldn't do that against the NFL team because... NFL rules ban it. So they didn't have any other choices and they needed the money. So they took their 20 odd million a year in, in management fees and then later dividends. Private equity, I don't think would do that. I think they'd be looking to appreciate the asset, which means they would be motivated to do things like join the Super League, concentrate more of the financial money, 
sell their own rights and all the kinds of things that would make English football less competitive. So that's not good. But I don't think they'd be sucking cash out. So anyway, there's also, I think, with the private equity, it's, there's also that same wonder about where the money's coming from. I think. Yeah, so of the money that Chelsea have been bought with, right? That's not all Bowley's money. There's a lot it's of not. Saudi. It's no, clear lot, like, Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of Saudi money in that. Yeah. No. Yeah. And again. It's not about an aversion to Saudi Arabia or Saudi Arabians. It's about an aversion to the manner in which the Saudi royal family go about their business and the fact that they will be related to any huge amount of capital that is being used in that way. The people are not the regime. Right. So it's the same with if United. uh, I mean, it looks like there's a bid from from Qatar. the private investment wing of the Qatari government. Like, it, my problem there is not the people of Qatar or that they come from the Middle East or that they're Muslim. My problem is the Qatari regime. It's, a, it's an autocracy. It's a brutal one. And a plutocracy however as well. many, However many thousands of people died during the World Cup or haven't been paid and haven't been paid. This is not a regime that I want associated with United. Don't need it. I think yeah. I think that's fairly clear and push back there. And you know, also, I don't yeah. know, if I get, it doesn't mean that I condone all the activities of the British government or the no. US government. And But someone British trying to buy it is not the same. The British government are not trying to buy United. And if they were, no. I would have a problem with that as well. I, I will protest outside of Old Trafford if Rishi Sunak signs off on the UK government buying Manchester United. I think it's very unlikely to happen. <laughs> <laughs> But only owners, just when you think you couldn't get owners, less Castridge than Glazers. <laughs> That's right. UK PLC decides to try and sweat United for a, a few pennies. Yeah. And yeah, more Ming in, in the face. Yeah. All right, that's that. I think that's it on the financials. So we've got a game against Barcelona coming up. That should be interesting. Barca actually, I think they're eleven points clear in La Liga at the moment, going quite well. Barca they have are a good, good team. Barca good. are good. Barca are good. And the only reason they're not in the Champions League still is because they got a good group and they made a bit of a bollocks of it against Inter, and they missed loads of chances in the first half away to buy. Barca are quite good. I mean, we know like Lewandowski and Dembele, excellent players. Pedri yeah. is going to be. I think one Dembele's of the best injured, which is. Uh, oh yes, you're right. He is. Yeah, which is uh, good. Uh, Rafinha has been playing. I don't think he's he's been as impactful as he was at Leeds at Barcelona. But Lewandowski's got I don't know how many goals this season. A lot. So. Pedri, Pedri, Pedri is going to be one of the best players in the world. Is he's already. brilliant. Gabby is, is good, not as good, but good. I think Busquets no, is and he might, as well, isn't he? he? He might play in a more attacking role. I think. I mean, assuming Wampazaka comes into the side, I think he probably will. That that might be the matchup. Gavi plays left of Lewandowski. I also he's not as I penetrative as some. I didn't mind that we drew Barca in this actually because I feel like the best teams are United, Barca, and Arsenal in this competition might as well get beat by Barca now as get beat by them in the semi-final sure. and not have to play not have to play all the games. And I also think it's a good test for the players to have to go to the new camp and play a knockout fixture and then have to play at Old Trafford subsequent to that is good for this team who haven't had to do that, even if they get beat. If they win, it'll be great for them. But even if they get beat, it'll be good for them to have had that experience of a knockout European tie at the new camp. So... I don't actually mind that we've got this tie. Also, it's just more interesting than some of the other things. It's going to be a great tie. I've got a. I, I'm. I'm going to be in the UK 
during that period, but I just can't make the timing work because I'm I'm bringing my son with me, so we have other stuff. So it's it's kind of galling. I'm going to be in the UK during the both the uh, the League Cup final and that second leg against Barca, and I won't be able to make the games. A couple of friends of mine, I, I went to the Europa League final in 2017 in Stockholm with a couple of friends, and they have dropped a, some serious cash on going to that United versus Barcelona second leg. Let's hope United don't get absolutely mullered in the in the camp new and that's a pointless second leg because it's happened a few times i don't know you're you're, you're a, around my age you'll remember some spankings united have got over the years i, I think remember. i i think i'm quite a little bit younger than you am you're I a few years younger than me yeah yeah <laughs> i i i'm no. 43 yeah a few years uh, younger obviously yeah. you know my my but, youthful good looks you know, exactly have stayed with me yeah totally yeah yeah uh, and I, <laughs> I remember i mean obviously i remember the four oh, kevin pilkinson and romario and so on yeah yeah Garrett, was it not Gary Walsh? It was Gary Walsh. Gary Walsh, right? I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember the '84 game. Yeah, see, I kind of do. do. Remember, yeah. I do remember the Juventus game. I remember losing to Juve in the semis, but I don't remember the Barca game. But yeah, I, I mean, I remember John Toshak once said, "90 minutes can be a long time in the Bernabeu," and I guess same applies to New Camp. I mean, remember yeah. when we went there under Ole, and that was really that was really yeah. one of those situations where I felt. Like it might be quite good to lose this one because I think Liverpool and City were still in the draw, and it was that was a, was it quarter final that game? So it was, yeah. So to then lose to win somehow, which obviously didn't happen, to then have to play Liverpool or City with that version of us against those versions of them in uh-huh. the Champions League semi final would have been absolutely disgraceful. <laughs> so we, we've been, so far managed managed to avoid having to lose to City in a final at some point. So Yeah, have, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's been... We've been... It's been... A, apart from the ill luck of Liverpool and City being good at the same time, which is tremendous ill luck, we've actually been quite lucky, I think, because those first two... Those first few years after Fergie, City won the first league, but to do, in doing so, they stopped Liverpool. Yep. Then, and Suarez from, and Gerrard from doing so. And then we then got Chelsea and Leicester. Uh, hang on, Chelsea, no, Chelsea, did Chelsea win the first one? Was that Mourinho? But yeah, Chelsea have won two leagues since Fergie retired, yeah. which obviously no one cares about. And Leicester have won one as well. And yeah. City still haven't won Champions League. Yeah. And I would never have assumed that it would have taken City this long to win the Champions and, League. And Klopp's got one, one Premier League title in seven years of being the greatest team since the football was invented and so on. Champions League will be interesting this week because I think Chelsea is Chelsea Dortmund. Dortmund and yeah. when, when do Real Madrid play? It's not this week, is it? it? No, no, this Tottenham week Milan, it's Bayern Tottenham and PSG. And yeah, Paris, yeah. And then next week it'll be Real Madrid, Liverpool, if I'm right. Yeah, so, I mean, neither I, of those are all that. But I mean, it's, I guess, back to the United-Barca game, though, I think that, United absolutely have the players to do Barca some serious damage. And it's getting to a point... I mean, it's difficult with Gardaccio because he's just such a good sub. Someone yeah. that fast. Like, what I loved about his goal today was the tenacity to win the ball back. Yeah. And then play and then it give off. the keeper the eyes. Yeah. And then just a brilliant finish because once yeah. once he's running and he's got that strange running style where it kind of looks like he's going to like trip over his arms... His arms, the arms are slung so low, and he's so little. He's almost running like some kind of four-legged creature. But he's <laughs> yeah, he's so he's so quick, and the composure that he has at that pace is, that is unreal. Brilliant. To be able to, what I really like about him running with the ball is the way that he is with his stride patterns. 
that enable him to take the ball away from the defender and to cut across the defender so the defender can't tackle him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a certain level of composure and intelligence. And yeah, it doesn't. It hasn't always worked for him this season, but but yeah, he's made a real impact, as, especially as a substitute. As I, you say. It couldn't. Yeah. It couldn't have gone any better. Anyone. It couldn't have gone any better for him this season. No, he said. Look, most players develop, especially forwards, and their peak is like twenty five, twenty six. Right, that's their peak output, and he's way, way off that. And it, like. Clearly, some players develop earlier. Wayne Rooney was one where he was absolutely brilliant at 18 and started fading from 26. But that's not the pattern for most players. And he's got years of development before we'll Rooney see the best had, of Rooney him, had big probably. injuries. Rooney, yeah. had, Rooney had big injuries. And he played... Yeah. The, but the thing about Garnacho is even when it doesn't quite come off for him, he's making an impact in every game almost. Yeah. So he was getting aggravation on the internet from various knobheads, I believe. Yeah, they didn't yeah. see it after the midweek game. Whereas I just looked at that game and I totally didn't think that. You're not going to score in every game, but I looked at it and thought that he affected the game like in the, in the way that the game was played. So he was... He definitely of, does, yeah. He was an, he was effective in some ways on the pitch. It was just the end bit that was missing. And even the, the one that got the chance that he missed when he went around the keeper, I, obviously I wanted him to score. But what I really liked was, again, the composure at speed where he goes round the keeper and instead of just turning into a shot and getting it on target, he lifts the shot because he knew that there were two men on the line. And basically, if you go low, then if they both stick out a leg, there's a pretty good chance that one of them will stop it. Whereas sure. if you go high, one of them's got to get it with a header. Yeah, And yep. he did get it with a header, and it was a brilliant piece of defending. But the presence of mind to finish like that, rather than take the easy finish, but to take the wise finish, is something you don't ordinarily see from someone of that age. And again, yeah. That's he, right. He, and I think that's why his, his ceiling is really high. He's got a lot of game intelligence and the technical qualities and the speed. Just and, the, put it and, all the, and, and the composure. Be, yeah, and the composure, yeah. But I mean, it, it kind of leads into the question of, of should he start on Wednesday? Will Sancho, what's, what's the balance? And, and given that I would expect United to be under quite a lot of pressure, being at Camp Nou, being the style of football that Barcelona are playing on Javi, yeah, what what's United's best out? Is it by having a lot of quick players who can and use the ball into space? Given that, I mean, Casemiro will be back, which is major bonus for composure in midfield and the defensive screening, and just someone being there in the and in just the someone of the being pitch. there in the right yeah. place. Yeah, and, I mean, and then what's how do you get it forward? Right, so there's there's the one option: play Veghorst, lump it into him, hope it something sticks, or there's the other option: play a lot of speedy players. And try and or and then you or play you play someone pace. and you play someone like Sancho, who is a, still a bit wishy washy physically, yeah, but can come into midfield and make the extra man and is a good player at retaining possession and can take yes. the ball under pressure and can yes. actually hang on to the ball. But he's not going to run into space. That's not his game. But uh, I mean, I'd be really tempted to 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 play Sancho, Rashford, and Garnacho. And, and the not, thing, the thing and, with and Sabitzer alongside Casemiro and and not Fred and other midfielder. Who's my other midfielder? Sabitzer, Casemiro, Bruno, Sancho, Rashford, Garnett. Yeah, yeah. I'd be tempted to go that way rather than Vekos, but he's played Vekos in every single game, so I don't, I'm imagining yeah. I mean, that's most likely. I, th- I think the thing with Vekos as well now is now I'm sure he's not good enough. I can't be asked for us to waste time playing him. Yeah, that I want us to get better and I want the team to grow. And I don't see that Veghorst is going to be part of, of that. And that maybe he'll be a sub. But what I've seen of him so far 
I don't really think he's good enough to keep because I don't think that he's a, rota- a good enough rotation player. So it's not as if might, United might even play into his strengths, which you'd think would be getting it wide and banging a ball into the box, but it, they don't so do that. So he might so. be useful to bring off the bench in some games, but he's not someone I particularly, unless, unless he gets much better quickly, he's not someone that I would really want to play against the crap teams at home. Right, yes. It'd be interesting what the balance is. I'd uh, rather, I'd... I'd rather, even if we say sign the centre-forward, I'd rather muck around with the other forwards that we've got if we needed to give that centre-forward a rest than stick Veghorst in because I just I'm I'm not I'm not seeing him as someone who can regularly influence games playing for United. Although he did play a nice pass for Garnacho's goal. I'm just talking of Garnacho, I actually wrote this down because I saw that something Ten Hag said before this game that I just thought, oh man, oh what a guy. Where he said, it is wonderful to work with young people to get the best out of them. Finally, they have to do it by themselves. Sometimes they need motivation to push an interaction. Sometimes they also need the inspiration of a plan. And I just like, it's sometimes when you see people, when you hear people speak in a language that isn't their first, they're kind of really able to crystallize their ideas in a way that you can't Uh always in your own language. So wonderful to work with young people is just, it's not really the way that someone English would speak, but it really is the point. And I found that kind of quite moving. And then sometimes they also need the inspiration of a plan. I just thought that's such a fucking great line. The inspiration yeah. of a plan. Because, yeah, right. Yeah. I, well because said, uh, being yeah. British, we'd think inspiration was something else. More in the, the Roy Keane of inspiration. Something you just make up. Yeah. But uh, uh, he's, no, he, he, does, he does have a plan. He has a very clear idea of how he wants United to play. We're not, I don't think we're there consistently yet. And, uh, but he's, he's trying to get us there. I also that he was absolutely buzzing when we scored the second goal today. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, it was like a more yeah. like a real Fergie style celebration. Yeah. Now. Was well, just, I was just yeah. I was really surprised that Veghorst stayed on because he was dreadful and he doesn't move and he makes the United really static. And he did. Ten Hag came up with a very weird plan to fix United's problem with building up, and that was put him in a position Veghorst where it was number all right ten to be static. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it it made an impact because it created space for Rashford for the first goal, and he played the pass for for Garnacho. So, yeah, credit to Ten Hag. I think he's the real deal. And I mean, I don't. I'm not expecting United to actually beat Barcelona over two legs. I don't think we're quite at that level yet. But I wouldn't I think put we... it past Ten Hag to come up with a plan. And I don't yeah, think, I think, we, I think United's credibility or his is dependent on on victory over with, Barcelona. With all we're the managers post Fergie. You get bored and have had enough of them when they stop progressing. When when you can see that they're just not getting any better and you lose hope of them not getting any better. And we could get beaten 15 nil in aggregate in this tie. And I'd still be confident with the job that Tenach is doing because yeah. we can we we can see it. And and this is without he's probably four first team players short of what he'd like. And we're already the third best team in England. And really not very far off the other two, the two that are above us. Yeah. And I think that we're quite significantly better than all the ones that are below us now. Obviously not not so good that we won't lose to them sometimes, but we're Spurs are not nearly as good as we are, I don't think. Uh, I mean, quite clearly yesterday they are not. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we'll struggle with Leicester as well next week, though. Without Casemiro, Leicester have hit some form. They've got they some have... good fast players. Yeah. I think that, that Leicester's a difficult game next week. 
Well, we'll get to that after the midweek game. For now, backers, we will do a piece on mailbag episode, I think, for our backers content this week. And patreon.com NQAT pod. It's a pound a week if you just want to be a friend of the show. Pound a month, a dollar a month. It's one of them. They're about the same thing these days. And five if you want the bonus show. And more than that, if you want merch. We really do appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Please. All right, this is the backers bit. I asked people on Twitter to send us some questions. Some of you may be listening to this and some of you may not be. If you want to listen to this every week, patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod. Anyway, let's let's go through some of the questions. Uh, some on football, some not. Thoughts on Malassia, says Tommy Tanog. Sorry if I've got your name there uh, wrong there. Malassia, interesting one. I mean, he's not he's not as good as Luke Shaw and he, he doesn't. Uh, progress the ball as much he doesn't get into the right crossing positions quite as much I don't think he'd have put that cross in for Rashford's header he's okay what what we half a season in I like thoughts I like I I like the fact like he just he's got one of those he's just one of those kids from last year he imagine is just lovely to be around yeah and then is able if you piss him off in the wrong kind of way You'll absolutely tear your head off and then be be, be lovely again three seconds later. He's <laughs> just got that real that real demeanor. Like he just he just seems like someone it's great to have around, and I think you can just see the way the other players interact with him. And I just love the way that he competes. I agree with what you say that he's not as good as Luke Shaw. Part of that it might come. He hasn't probably filled out physically as big, as, as as much as he's going to. Like Luke Shaw is a unit, and Malassia isn't yet. And as you say, Luke Shaw is better on the ball. But Malassia is proper competition for Luke Shaw's place. We've seen Luke Shaw get better because of Malassia, I think. And he's someone who's, who's very promising, that he, he's tenacious, he's quick, he's strong, he's not sure. bad on the ball. Yeah, and yeah. he obviously really wants to be at United and he is not letting us down. I thought part, he made one terrible error today that almost conceded a goal in the first half. But other That's than that, right, thought, got on the wrong side of Somerville, didn't he? Other, yeah, other than that, I thought he played quite well. We're much stronger on the left than the right. And yeah, I, mean, I think that if... How how old is Luke Shaw now? Luke Shaw's what, about 29? 26, 7? Oh, oh, right. So yeah. we don't even need Malassia to be good for a couple of... To be properly good for a couple of years. He'll he'll get his games, especially now Shaw can also play centre-back. He'll get plenty of games. He'll improve. And the worst case scenario is we sell him for twice the amount of money that we paid to him. That was a couple of minutes of our bonus show, patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod. You can support the show from $1 a month to help us remain ad free or from $5 to get the extra show each week and merch at different tiers. Appreciate it. Thank you very much.